You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. Helen Farmer with you. Your chance to hear from the experts, the insiders and the industry. Get some great recipe ideas. And of course, share your questions as well as we talk all things food. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. <laughs> Today we are talking about two of the greatest things that have ever existed. Women and desserts. <laughs> Put those hands together. Ahead of International Women's Day, we're going to be sharing some recipes inspired by some of the most iconic women in history. For you to try it this weekend, whether you're getting them in store or whipping up some recipes at home. And I'm joined by one of my favourite women, the lovely Tiffany Eslick, the content director at Spinney's Magazine. So Tiffany, you know I'm going to ask you this. What's your answer? Your mood plus the last thing you ate? <laughs> um, my mood was it's healthy, 40% Less fat veggie crisp. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not catchy, Tiffany. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> now, before we start talking dessert recipes, I've got a little bone to pick with you because you mentioned donuts in a recent WhatsApp group that we're in together. And it's from a local company here. And I had one this morning for the guys from Crum & Co. Good grief. It's the best donut I've ever had in my entire life. So I just wanted to say, um, not even thank you, but curses. <laughs> curses for you bringing these donuts into my life. <laughs> you stuck to one. Oh, well, there's five more at home. It's my kind of six pack, to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah. yes. um, but we are talking desserts today. And let's start. And it's funny, when you sent through some of the desserts that we, we can be discussing, and I've got a real sweet tooth, I never thought of Madeleine's as being named after someone called Madeleine. And like, I just had not put that together at all. So what is the history of the Madeleine, which I have to say, we buy yours, um, Spinneys, because they're just gorgeous, so, so delicate. But I've never tried making them. Where did they come from? So apparently, the, I mean, there's quite a few legends, but the, the main popular one is that it's from, uh, Louis XV. So he, there was apparently a cook called Madeleine Pormier, um, who was a cook in the, his father-in-law's kitchen. So his father-in-law was the exiled king of Poland. And he sort of fell in love with him, eating them there. And then it was his wife who brought them back to the court in Versailles. So we're going to go with that story. Um, and yeah, so there's Madeleine Pomier, but I cannot find a photo of her anywhere. So yeah, sort of an elusive mm, character. It's, yeah. it's a Madeleine mystery. For anyone mm. who hasn't had them before, the, the ingredients are actually really quite simple. It's just really great butter, French, bien sûr, uh, almond powder and fresh eggs. I am... I'm I'm a bit of a slapdash baker, which is not ideal given that baking does require some accuracy. So as I said, I just buy the Spinney's food ones, which are delicious. And I also feel like they've they've got a kind of freshness about them, almost like a kind of like a lemon. I don't know. But in the recipe, in the magazine that is currently available, you've put a bit of a, a twist on them. What's uh, What's it all about? Yes. So, and actually the lemon that you're picking up, it, most Madeleines have um, lemon in them. But what we've done is we've used orange blossom water and some orange zest, uh, just to, you know, add a bit of our own zest. And um, it just gives us this really lovely fragrant taste. And, yeah, just on top of the ingredients that you suggest, you um, listed already, then they've got um, cake flour and some sugar. Excellent. Um, and 
super easy to make. You can make them in six to eight minutes. Um, so, you know, anyone can do it. Yeah, and just they're such great tea cakes, you know. you could. I, I sometimes have them for breakfast. Do you? I want to be yeah. you. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I need to get those that lovely shell tray. Okay, I have to say mm-hmm. that the list of ingredients has, has given me some hope that I could actually do this. Now, something I grew up eating was my grandma's Victoria sponge. I think there's very few cakes that are kind of more English than, you know, afternoon tea and a slice of Victoria sponge. And it's this beautiful layered cake with buttercream sometimes and the jam. Um, But you've done a bit of a twist, to be honest, because you have made it even more British by adding in some Earl Grey, an Earl Grey Victoria sponge named after Queen Victoria. Did Was she a bit of a cake fan? Absolutely. And a woman after my own heart, I think. She had, apparently she had a slice of this cake every day. With yes. Tea. If I, I mean, was queen, queen of cake. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we infused our cake batter with Earl Grey tea. And it just, it, again, it adds some beautiful flavor. And then we've used cherry jam uh, mm. instead of raspberry or strawberry, which is often used. And then, you know, gorgeous um, whipped cream and, and buttercream. Oh, now I really want a slice of cake. I have to say, it didn't do her any harm having a slice of cake every afternoon. You know, longest reigning monarchs out there, 60 odd exactly. years. Maybe this is That's maybe the this trick. is the key to longevity. It's just eat all the cake. And we've had a question from Mahesh, uh, Tiffany, asking about dairy alternatives for baking. Thank you for that, Mahesh. Um, so any questions of any of our experts this afternoon, do get in touch. What's available in store? We were talking about you know, making madeleines with French butter. How well do dairy alternatives work for things like baking? You've got to just... It's, it depends on each recipe. Um, that's kind of my advice. And we can definitely send um, some notes so I can, I can follow this up with an email. Um, but you've just got to be careful when you're swapping like for like. So with butter, you know, you can look at using like a vegan butter or margarine. Um, you must just make sure that you just need to read the pack. You need to do some research online. Um, and the same thing when you're looking at alternate flours or, you know, um, all those sort of nut milks. You just you just need to watch and be and sort of read and find out which one is going to work best. But there's no sort of one concrete answer, unfortunately. No, because it so much depends on the other components in the recipe. And you know, you mentioned you know alternative uh, milks there, and someone will say you know oat milk is the best if you're having you know porridge or cereal or you know try try using you know whatever it might be if it's for coffee it's for baking it's for smoothies it's for making ice cream you know whatever um it might be it can just come down to a little bit of experimentation um so let us know how you get on Mahesh um I wanted to I want you to help me out for being a rubbish baker and I have to say I've got the most beautiful kind of heirloom from my grandma we used to bake a lot together we used to make things like rock buns and flapjack and she when she died she left me her good housekeeping baking book Uh, it's called a compendium of baking from 1953 and it's the most hilarious slash beautiful book some of the names of the the biscuits are not appropriate for 2021 for one thing Um, (laughs) but it's got so much charm and I've been looking at it and thinking I'd love to start to recreate some of the things that we made together. The melting moment biscuits, you know, where you press your thumb in and you put a little dollop of jam, just these gorgeous recipes. And one thing we used to make together was biscuits. And the chocolate Marie biscuit fudge that you've got, um, named after Russia's Grand Duchess Maria, 
seems super simple. It's barely any ingredients at all. Can you talk us through it, Tiffany? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I mean, they're made from four ingredients. So super, super easy. Flaked almonds, Mary biscuits, good quality milk chocolate and marshmallows. Um, and you're basically just going to toast your almonds, crush the biscuits and mix them together and then melt marshmallows in a bowl um, in the microwave. And then you can add some cho- chocolate to that, stir to combine and then mix everything in the, the almonds, the crushed biscuits, pop that into a baking tin and then put it into the fridge to set. So, yeah. That's honestly some of my favorite ingredients. Honestly, it is. Yeah. So I think that would be a nice one for the kids to do, actually, because we do um, Rice Krispie treats quite a lot at home. Because <laughs> this is me. I'm like three ingredients. <laughs> Let's just whack it in. And I feel like I'm a Pinterest mother. Um, but I think that would be really lovely. And then you could take the nuts out if, you, you know, if, if they're going into school for a, a, you know, a party run thing. What do we know about the woman that inspired such a biscuit? Yeah, so named after Russia's grand duchess, sorry, duchess Maria. And apparently this original biscuit was actually created for her wedding um, uh, by an English bakery. And it had this really cute little stamp on it with her name. And this was in the 1800s, the late 1800s. So, um, yeah, it would be really lovely to see the original version of that. Mm. Um, yeah, I think these have always been a favorite of mine ever since a child. They just, you know, they're just so um, Moorish. And you can do so many things. I used to like to melt marshmallows in between two of them in the microwave. Oh, um, you are yeah. an evil woman. I was going to ask you <laughs> if you could have a sweet treat named after you, what would it be? But you've got the, but there's Tiffany biscuits out there. So I feel yeah. like you've kind of got that, that market, what market cornered. But what, what is your ultimate dessert? What, what kind of things do you like to have at the end of a meal or for a bit of a, bit of a treat? I'll always choose chocolate. So, and the darker the better. So something like a, a chocolate fondant or a chocolate torte, you know. Um, sometimes I'll try and force myself to do something with lemon, you know, like a lemon meringue pie or lemon tart. But, yeah, always the chocolate version. Mine's the lemon. Yeah. I was going to say mine lemon, is, okay. yeah. There's something about a lemon tart. Le- yeah, those mini mini lemon meringue pies. That's that's my heaven. And when I was thinking about my kind of dream dessert or apple pie and crumble. Now, listen, Ooh, yeah. we're going to be talking about TikTok pasta with Anki soon, but a rhubarb is having a big moment on social media right now. Seem to be sort mm. of like rhubarb challenges and, you know, and also it's seasonal um, in the UK as well. We are talking seasonal produce this afternoon. And it's so interesting how these things just kind of start taking off. Where do you find your ideas and inspiration for creating things at home? Anywhere we should be following or any favourite books of yours, Tiffany? Yeah, I'm an absolute cookbook-aholic. Um, and I have been like that since a child, being a child. I used to read them in bed with my mum. I caught this Aww. from her. Um, so I, I have millions of cookbooks. And I'm always paging through those. Also, just many, many people on Instagram, you know, um, whoever sort of pops up in my feed and I'll go down a rabbit hole of following new people. Uh, magazines still, a lot of um, great international foodie magazines. I think it's the best thing is to just you know, keep your eyes out, you know, mm-hmm. open. And um, if there's something particular, like if you like baking, then sort of follow that niche. Um, I must say with this rhubarb, I'm obsessed with rhubarb. And Nigella Lawson has written a whole chapter about it in her latest book. And it's just, it's so beautifully written. Uh, and it makes you kind of want to cook everything with rhubarb. Does she put it so. in the microwave? <laughs> <laughs> 
Check out, check out Nigella saying Michael Rowe is one of the best things to happen in the last year. Tiffany, thank you so much, not only for sharing some recipes this afternoon for all of the amazing hard work that you and the team put into Spinney's magazine. It is a brilliant resource for ideas and inspiration. The photography is stunning. Um, and we'll talk to you very soon. Have a wonderful weekend ahead. Go out and have a chocolate fondant, won't you? <laughs> thank you. Good Bye. Girl. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinney's. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. What should you be buying fresh this weekend? What is in season and what could be coming to a spinny store near you very soon? To tell us more is Anki Gulabani, social media manager at Spinney's. He's a recipe creator too and is very passionate about produce. Anki, thank you so much for joining us. And I, being British, it gets into the summer season and I immediately think strawberries and growing up I didn't realize it was a seasonal thing I just thought that's what we did we just went to the you know the farm and picked our own and made jam I think I was incredibly lucky but we are going to get some British strawberries in store soon when you're going to get them uh, early in April yes Uh, yeah and uh, they'll be arriving early this year rather than arriving in June and so you're going to get the same excellent taste, sweeter, juicier strawberries. Uh, we're receiving them from two suppliers this year, actually, from Sea uh, mm. Hills, Hills Farm and the Hall family. Uh, one of them supplies to Harrods in the UK, actually. Oh, really? How, yeah, how really. positively posh and delightful. Uh, tell yeah. us about the suppliers. Um, and I love the fact that you guys... I know COVID times are testing, but under so-called normal circumstances, you know, going out and meeting the individual farmers and the people who are growing and, you know, on hand with these, these beautiful fruit and veg. Tell us about Sea Hills. Um, sea Hills is a seaside farm. It's located in one of the sunniest places in Scotland with breathtaking views. And the berries that are grown there are grown in their own microclimate without pesticides, no chemicals. Basically, these, weathers are, these berries are enjoying wonderful weather Oh, all the time. Lucky things. That sounds perfect. And yeah. it's it's not just uh, the whole family. It's a man called Harry that grows the the whole the whole family strawberries. Yes. The um, Harry Hall. Family. The Harry Hall. I love it. Tell us about Harry's strawberries. Um, so Harry Hall strawberries are from Berkshire. Um, they are grown in the most sustainable and environment friendly way possible. And uh, you can expect his strawberries also to be in stores early April. Now, whenever I speak to chefs, it's always, you know, we are going to be speaking to Luigi from um, Alder Story in about an hour's time. They place such great emphasis on the importance of seasonality, you know, making that produce just really sing and having to do very little to it. And asparagus always seems to be top of the list. You know, we see it on menus coming in, white asparagus, green asparagus, as soon as that season, um, season starts. When is asparagus season and do you have any in store? We have some in store right now. They are from Peru. They are some of the best asparagus that I've worked with as, as well at home. Um, this, you'll find them in stores right now. They are from our Dutch supplier, Levart. Levart has uh, partnered with Morquiana de Vegetales. It's a Peruvian supplier to give us these vibrant green bend and snap asparagus mm. uh, all around the year. And what else um i mean i think is when it is a good asparagus you don't really need to do much to it you know it's just a a nice kind of well i don't know what do you like to do sauce or dressing what's some of your favorite ways um actually we have a recipe in the magazine for an excellent grilled asparagus with miso dressing Mm. it's miso soy sauce 
oil, rice vinegar, honey. It's actually a fantastic dressing if you have any stir-fried veggies on hand or um, basically any veggies. Okay, I am hungry. And we're asking everyone to have a bit of a reflect on how we're feeling and the last thing we ate. So I am an excited apple, a, a Granny Smith apple, bought from Spinney's actually yesterday morning. Ankit, what are you? How's your mood and what was the last thing you ate? The last thing I ate was a tomato and mozzarella quiche from the Spinney's <laughs> Medan store. <laughs> I have to say the Dali counter there is brilliant. And how are you, yeah. And what's your mood? Um, so far, so good. A little nervous talking to you today. Oh, like, stop yeah. it. You're a nervous quiche. <laughs> <laughs> now, I wanted to ask you, we're going to be talking about blueberries and um, mangoes very soon. But before we get to that, last week you spoke about the TikTok pasta, which basically broke the internet a few weeks ago. And I, I think I was the last person on the planet. I tried it last night. It's billed as being the easiest, you know, bang it in the oven and you know have a delicious dinner. So you you know put some feta in a uh, baking tin and roasting pan, cherry tomatoes all around it, olive oil. I added some chili flakes, but you know chuck in some uh, you know, some fresh basil, and then cook your pasta, mix your pasta through it. I had some feedback on Instagram, and when I say some feedback, I had about fifty messages from people saying that they tried it and next time to do this. Have you made the TikTok pasta? Just remind us. I have actually. Okay. I made it around Valentine's Day using a different cheese. I didn't use feta. Actually. Yes, this was I my used... issue. Okay, so when I saw it, I was like, feta's way too salty to be doing for like a full, a full pasta sauce. So, what cheese did you use? Uh, I use Neufchatel, which is a brie-style soft mm. cheese that is available. It was a heart-shaped cheese. It's Aww, available around Valentine's Day. Thank I think That's if so you're lucky, cute. you might still find it in stock. <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe ricotta would work, but I had so many messages of people saying, buy Boursin, which I don't know if you remember. Yeah. The, advert, the advert was like, ah, du pain, du Boursin. Um, but Boursin in the oven, cherry tomatoes around. Apparently, you need lots of olive oil. Fresh spinach, fresh basil, and it's brilliant. So it's a massive departure slash upgrade from the original TikTok recipe, but I don't care because I want to have a good pasta dish. And we were talking with Neil last week about fresh produce, about the locally grown blueberries, which not only were delicious, but he was kind enough to send me a punnet. And they were enormous, like bigger yeah. than a, 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 a grape. They were huge. So, so good. Um, and what do we know about kind of seasonality here? It must be quite a difficult thing to try and control year round. Yeah, it, it, these are produced locally. So that's the big selling point for this, these blueberries. They're grown inside greenhouses in the UAE that are equipped with state-of-the-art climate control technology to ensure that the blueberry plants thrive. Um, then they're harvested, created, packaged by hand, um, and they're available in stores. And they're enormous. They're enormous. Like, I, I was like, they're a classic Dubai blueberry. I want to go for a world record. I do believe that we could we could clinch it. Um, sure and mangoes, maybe maybe my favourite fruit. When it's a good one, it's a great one. When it's not so great, I could take or leave it. But you've got some great ones coming in next month. Yeah. Mango season is such a happy time. I can honestly have them breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, what are kind of some of your picks? Because I know organic is quite important when it comes to mangoes. So the mangoes that we're getting in early April are organic. They are from Amrai in India. They are the Alfonso variety, which is the king of mangoes. And uh, these mangoes are considered to, like, they're known for their sweet golden flesh, bright, sunny flavor, and they're so good. We have, an, we have a fantastic recipe for them in the magazine, actually. Um, we make a mango salsa using the Alfonso mangoes. 
and uh, yeah, it, it, it goes in a fish taco. Oh, so, you know, sold. That's in the current magazine now? Yes, it is. All right, brilliant. That's the plan. Come April, buying a mango, making salsa. Coconut crusted fish tacos. Sounds delicious. Thank you. Thank you so much. I think we're all craving some fruit right now. So I will let you get back to your busy day. We'll no doubt talk very, very soon. Always a pleasure. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. It is World Obesity Day and earlier this week we were speaking to the World Obesity Federation about a new study. The findings have been released and the numbers are quite staggering, to be honest. Reports as hundreds of thousands of COVID-19 deaths could have been avoided if obesity rates had not been so high. That team analysed the rates in countries alongside their COVID-19 deaths and found that 90% of deaths from the disease occurred in countries with high rates of obesity. So in 2018, the EU revealed that almost 28% of adults in the country were obese and among children 5 to 17 it's 18%. We're now joined on the line by Farah Hilu, registered dietitian nutritionist specialising in integrative and functional nutrition at Kiron Clinic. Farah, thank you so much for your time today. We're going to be picking your brains and you've also got a meal plan to tell us how to navigate our busy days, making some good choices and, and really simplifying things for us. How do you feel about those numbers, that report coming out today, kind of relating COVID rates and obesity rates? Hi, Helen. It's a pleasure to be talking uh, to you today about you. such an important topic, uh, obesity. And uh, unfortunately, we are seeing uh, more and more obesity in kids as well. Uh, so just to add on to the statistics that you just mentioned in 2019, about 38 million kids under the age of five were overweight or obese. So it's really uh, very concerning. Um, and um, so we will definitely be going over uh, food and a meal plan, um, but it's so important to look at the causes of obesity mm-hmm. uh, in order to address it uh, appropriately. So it's a very multifactorial uh, issue. We need to look and understand the interplay between genetics, lifestyle, and environment. And in order for us to really address uh, this issue at the core, we have to address and tackle it uh, at the root cause uh, level. So, and again, this is what we focus on when we, you know, under the umbrella of functional medicine and functional nutrition, is what is causing obesity, uh, the uh, physiological imbalances, the biochemical imbalances, uh, nutritional deficiencies, toxins. So there is well-documented research to suggest um, the role of toxins, uh, external toxins, internal toxins, and their role in obesity. Um, so definitely it's very concerning, again, the link between obesity and COVID. Um, but, you know, moving forward uh, and addressing it in the best way possible, we really need to consider all of these factors. It's no longer, you know, the calories in, calories that's out. Exactly which we were exactly what you know, I was about to say. Because I we feel were, like that's, that, that's, that's been the line that was, has been fed to us for so long you know it's super simple yeah, you know burn more than you're taking in mm-hmm. and you're going to be healthy and listen there's there's no there's no denying that a good diet and being active is, is will always benefit you and, and your health Absolutely. but there are so many other factors we need to take consideration and when we spoke to dr olivia from the federation earlier this week she was very keen to stress 
of obesity being a disease, something that um, has so many different factors, be it, as you say, you know, genetic or, or chemical. And that's a big misconception, I feel, now. And people look at um, those who are, you know, suffer from obesity and the, you know, the first word, word comes to mind can often be, you know, lazy or, you know, just not, not demotivated. Up, and that's not yeah. helpful at all. Can you explain a little bit about the role of functional medicine nutrition in addressing some of the root causes? How does that work, Farah? Sure, sure. So I really wish it was as easy as calories in versus calories out. It's a very simplistic model and uh, it's a conservative model. So the root cause um, of obesity is, again, very multidimensional. We need to look at sleep patterns. We Mm. need to look at stress patterns and mental health. Uh, We need to consider toxins, so what we are exposed to on a day-to-day basis and how this impacts our hormones, how this impacts our neuroendocrine uh, immune system. We need to look into gut health as well, and there is plenty of research now to suggest the importance of our gut microbiome uh, and, you know, the the diversity uh, of our gut microbiota and the link between obesity. Uh, So, again, it's not only what we eat, but how our gut, let's say, or how our, the microbes in our digestive system are really utilizing uh, the energy that we eat uh, and which can lead to obesity. So gut health is so important. We need to look at thyroid imbalances. We need to look at hormone imbalances. So it's a very personalized approach. What, you know, the, the, the factors that could be causing uh, um, an individual to gain weight, you know, could be different for everybody. So uh, we have general recommendations, we have a general idea, but then we need to look at each individual, uh, address their lifestyle, mm-hmm. address their environment, their own exposures, of course, you know, not ignoring any genetic uh, factors, but it becomes a very individualized approach. And we need to look at how the different systems in the body are affecting uh, one another. So it's not just, um, you know, being lazy or lack of movement or you know what they're eating it could be so much more again uh not ignoring the importance of you know sleep uh sleep habits importance of stress uh and movement of course we're all in trouble if sleep and stress (laughs) (laughs) but i think that is really important to stress you know it's not a one-size-fits-all approach it's not a case of you know i i lost this weight by following this diet you should do this diet and i'm always no. really keen to to stress if you are looking to make a significant life change and, and looking to get to a healthy weight a healthy bmi start with your doctor you know don't necessarily start by looking on instagram at so called experts you know go to someone who has had years of training and can yeah. do those blood tests can look at your hormones can look at any deficiencies that you might exactly. have and then also you might want to bring in you know a counselor or a therapist to understand if it is an overeating problem why 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 are you overeating you know is it numbing emotions is it boredom you know what what's yeah. what, what's what's going on there it's so many factors that need to come together Absolutely, Helen. and we always talk about mindful eating uh you know whether we talk about obesity or not mindful eating is always something we have to address it's you know to sit down and enjoy our meal and be fully present while we're eating uh, because when we're not we're more likely to binge eat we're more likely to eat more we're more likely to um you know just 
not pay attention to what the amount we're eating, what it is that we're eating. So mindful eating has a big oh, uh, role to play as well. That's something and I need to work on really hard. We all do. Oh. No, because you, you, you know we're all busy, right? And we can do emails from our phones. This morning I sat in the garden and I had some porridge and I did my crossword. And then looked down and I was like, oh. I don't actually remember eating any of that and it's all gone, you know, because, because I yeah. just wasn't concentrating. And I think we, there, done that. <laughs> we, I think we probably all have slash do every single day. Um, Farah, what are some of the things that if you haven't got in your fridge or in your cupboard, you start to get a little bit anxious? You start to think, ah, I'm not sure I can, you know, go through the week without. What's on that list? Um, well, <laughs> definitely my vegetables. So a bunch of, you know, colorful vegetables, whether it's cruciferous vegetables, green leafy vegetables, berries, healthy fats, so nuts, seeds, uh, legumes, so chickpeas, lentils, uh, any whole grains, so things like brown rice, quinoa. Um, So I think that kind of sums it up. Uh, Vegetables, I can go for either fresh vegetables or even frozen vegetables. Um, So focusing on... Uh, protein sources, so salmon, uh, organic chicken, organic eggs. Um, yeah, I believe that sums it up. So focusing on healthy fats, protein, and whole grains, and of course, anti-inflammatory uh, fruits and veggies. Can I ask you, you know, based on, I asked this question of, um, of Dr. Oliver from the World Obesity Federation earlier this week about basically Looking at all of the research that you have been privy to, you know, peer studies, clients you've had coming in, is there anything you absolutely will not eat or drink just because the numbers make no sense to our health as human beings? I would really um, suggest, you know, cutting down on sugar as much as possible. And sugar, by sugar, I mean especially the refined sugar. So sugar is seen as the root cause of all evil and uh, it's very pro-inflammatory. And again, this inflammation uh, that can trigger insulin resistance, leptin resistance, the two hormones, again, very important when we talk about obesity. So uh, sugar is something we really need to keep an eye out on. And um, there are better alternatives, uh, but ultimately sugar is still sugar. So, uh, but all the refined stuff, the white stuff, white flour, white rice, white pasta, um, we can easily substitute it with whole grains. They're readily available, widely available, and we can make a gradual switch, um, again, with uh, all the plenty of options available. Um, so sugar is something uh, that we want to avoid, but also um, vegetable oils, which ha- are also very inflammatory, and we tend to consume them in really, really large amounts. Mm. So they could be fine in limited amounts, but the amount that we are consuming them in nowadays um, is not what we really want. So I think those two are the two major concerns. And this is what I try and educate my clients on is finding uh, other healthier or more nutritious alternatives and, and bringing down their intake of these uh, foods uh, Gradually. So Farah, let's have a look at your kind of meal plan uh, that we could all be trying. You've got a couple of options for breakfast, lunch and dinner and some snacks. And so over to you. What do you think we should be shopping for this weekend to be healthier, happier in 2021? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's very individualized. But just as an overview, first and foremost, in addition to what we're eating, I think the timing is very important. Mm. So I always try uh, and get my clients to uh, practice a time-restricted feeding or intermittent fasting, doing an overnight fast. So 
you know, aiming for 14 hours, 16 hours. So let's say if your dinner was at 7 uh, p.m., breakfast the next day would be around 9 a.m. And then breakfast could be um, either a vegetable omelet uh, with a slice of whole grain bread, if you're fine with bread and gluten, um, piling on the veggies, of course. Mushrooms are very anti-inflammatory. You can have a smoothie, um, you know, where you can throw in a bunch of green leafy vegetables, uh, healthy fats, uh, nuts or seeds, or a bit of coconut oil or coconut milk, anti-inflammatory berries. Uh, so again, it could be a, you know, a smoothie, it could be an, a vegetable omelet, um, any, you know, avoiding the fried stuff, avoiding the processed stuff. Mm-hmm. So sticking away from, um, you know, fry, anything that's fried basically and processed sausages or processed foods. Um, and uh, avoiding, of course, a high carbohydrate breakfast. So the yummy croissants oh, and <laughs> all the tasty. <laughs> all the good stuff. Um, and moving on so, to lunch, you, you've got a couple of suggestions like salad with more colourful veggies and grilled salmon. Absolutely. I love yeah. I love a soup. Minestrone soup with beans and fresh and frozen veggies. I think frozen are really, you know, they're, they're, kind, of, they're kind of overlooked really, but frozen veggies, you know, it, it locks in the nutrition. They're super convenient. They can often be a bit cheaper as well and you just 100%. bung them in the freezer and grab them. And some lentil-based pasta, which I've tried before. I've had some red lentil pasta it actually was pretty good I was I was quite pleasantly surprised and then for dinner wild rice grilled organic chicken breast with herbs and spices and I think that we think about healthy food and often we think oh it's gonna be really bland but herbs and spices you know if you've got if you've got a good arsenal in your in your pantry just mixing it up and adding in some some kind of flavor and color can make such a difference and then a quinoa and vegan chickpea pumpkin curry I want a recipe for this. Now, snacking is a downfall for many, many people. I get to about this time and I'm like, hmm, I could just smash a chocolate muffin or a Kit Kat or something. But which inevitably does not fill us up. What are some good filling snacks um, and how to best pair them? So we're getting some nutrients, but we're also staying a bit fuller for longer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would always suggest having either a source of protein and or healthy fat at your snack. So, um, for example, it could be hummus, which is very rich in protein and fiber, uh, with a bunch of, let's say, whole grain crackers or seed-based crackers or and vegetable sticks. It can be, um, you know, a handful of berries with a handful of plain unsalted nuts. So you've got your healthy fats. You could also have um, some more, let's say, whole grain crackers with guacamole. So the guacamole serves as the healthy fats. So whatever it is, uh, you owe, I would always recommend including a source of protein. The protein can come from the legumes. It can come from nut butters. Uh, and then healthy fats, again, from the avocado, nuts, and seeds, as opposed to having fruit by itself, for mm-hmm. example. Farah, thank you so much for your time today. Really, really enjoyed it. Lots to talk about and lots to think about, really, about necessarily making drastic changes that are not going to be sustainable, but weaving in some of these foods that you're talking about and making some positive changes. So thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. And you can find Farah at the Kiron Clinic. That's C-H-I-R-O-N, registered dietitian. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. We are bringing in the best in the business this afternoon. Chef Luigi Vespera, executive chef at the Waldorf Astoria DIFC, where he heads up the restaurants, including Bull and Bear, which is famed for great steak, great flavours, and yes, some Italian magic too. Luigi, how are you? 
Hi, Helen. How are you? I am hungry now, to be honest. (laughs) We've been talking about seasonal produce. We've been talking about mangoes and we've been talking about pasta, which is, you know, I know something of a specialty of yours. Here's (laughs) my question for you, Luigi. Have you tried this viral baked feta pasta that was was just all over the internet um, over the last couple of weeks. It started on TikTok and now everyone and their nonna is trying it. Have you? No, I haven't. Mm. No. Okay. Oh I'll, my god. I'll give I'll give you I'll give you the lowdown. So it, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the go. And then you can tell me how to make it better, okay? <laughs> it was posted on TikTok. Um, it is basically a block of feta, cherry tomatoes, olive oil in a pan, throw it in the oven until it's soft, mix it all together with pasta and, fr- and um, fresh basil. And it's now had, well, 52 million views with hashtag baked feta pasta just going wow. absolutely bananas. I tried it last night. I had some feedback for the TikToker. I don't think she cares. Um, but the feta was just, <laughs> was just a bit too salty and I think it needed more tomatoes. So can you give us yeah. a super quick and easy, authentic sauce for our pasta over the weekend? Look, it's, it's me. Being from Naples, you know, where we cook with uh, three, four, maybe even four very simple ingredients, which is olive oil, Garlic, tomato, and basil, right? And 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 the most simple pasta dish that every now and then I make at home, it's it's literally just saute um, a little bit of uh, garlic in olive oil. Once it's nice golden brown, drop some uh, uh, you know quartered tom- uh, chili, um, quarter cherry tomato in it. You know, just gently, gently, gently let it you know, sweat it off, we say it uh, in the kitchen, you know, so that they release a little bit of the, of the, of the juice. Uh, take it off the heat, just break, you know, tear apart a few leaves of a, of a basil. And meanwhile, obviously, you will never cook your pasta. Whack it in. Give it a good, uh, give it a good... Whack uh, it in. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, give it a good, uh, give it a good stir and enjoy. Simplicity at its best. Luigi. And you know what? Go on. I make this. I mean, this is the perfect time to make this dish if you are someone that enjoy a bit of a uh, winter growing in Dubai, because uh, this is the, the 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 month where the tomatoes would be coming out. If you've been growing in your garden or on your balcony, you know uh, the basil. You should have a pot of basil in. If you don't have a pot of basil in your garden, I think you're missing out right now. Yes, the gardener, the chef. Now, this is going to be like asking you to pick a favourite child. But what's your favourite pasta? What would be your ultimate go-to shape and style? I am a, a big lover of uh, a good uh, spaghetti, but the thick one, spaghettoni, you know? Love it. Okay, right. So you've got, you're sorting out our dinner. Um, now, when you look back at culinary school and... Yeah. Is there anything that you wish you'd learned? Anything that wasn't taught that you actually you've had to learn the hard way in the kitchens and that you think all young chefs should be taught? Um, I think uh, the one thing that I had to kind of uh, uh, learn and pick it up myself is uh, back in the days was uh, sharing the knowledge, Mm. you know. Uh, chefs, uh, chefs in my, in my days, they were very, they would keep all their uh, knowledge back to tied to their chest, you know, they wouldn't share it much. In fact, uh, I remember this very, very old guy, you know, I went and asked him, uh, 
how do you do this? And he goes to me and like, stole it off me. You know, you have to steal it off me. I'm like, <laughs> basically watch and learn, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, some, some, these, these were the, uh, back in the days. I think, you know, now, obviously, with the, with the media and how technology has evolved around our industry, uh, you, you know, the sharing, sharing knowledge, and even TikTok, you know, with this feta pasta. Mm -hmm. No, it's uh, true. It's more collaborative approach now. It's about sharing content, and that's obviously the TikTok phrase, but also yeah, be, being a good mentor. Cons, you know? mm. Yeah, that has the pro and cons, trust me. Um, you know, I, I think, I think uh, we're missing some, some days now in the, in the younger generation. I found that we do also miss the fundamentals of uh, you know of what is real cooking as well what were you taught then as a, as a young chef about the importance of seasonality presumably it's very different in europe to what it is here in dubai yes it is uh, you're right uh, it is it is a uh, uh, very much different but um, you know me as a as a chef and obviously being italian and uh, uh, also uh, as um, I was formed in uh, in Europe, I do like to uh, keep an eye on uh, European seasonality. Mm -hmm. um, and what I was taught is, uh, first, you know, it's, it's interesting because first and foremost, we need to understand that once an item is best in season, it means that, you know, it's the best quality you can absolutely get, right? At the, the best flavor. And from uh, a chef, you know, commercial point of view as well, is at the best price. Of course, you know? yeah, there's an abundance <laughs> at that time. And that's, and that's what I noticed, you know, even going around stores. When it's mango season, there's great choice, but also the prices are lower because it's, exactly. it's a glut. It, it, it's growing, we have them. Whereas we've all had those experiences trying to buy cherries out of season, you've got to sell a child. So you know, it's, it is definitely worth following the seasons to uh, to get great quality but yeah as you talk about bottom line being a chef's not just about being creative in the kitchen it's looking at those budgets as well absolutely absolutely i do for i'm uh, interesting uh, straight after this conversation i'm gonna have uh, um i do my monthly uh, meeting uh, with my uh, with my team mm -hmm. and we are gonna talk about this on you inspired me okay, Helen. so <laughs> tell us about the menu then let's look at bull and bear what's what's on the menu now that really has some of those seasonal produce that just sing well, uh, we are uh, approaching, uh, you know, the, the warmer weather, the warmer month, of course. So um, I, I developed a menu that uh, uh, would, would reflect that as well. So we're going to spring summer menu. Uh, you know, we so I expect to see all things uh, colorful, you know, mm. from, uh, from beautiful greens, you know, uh, from beautiful garden greens to, uh, to um, you know, all all. Uh, vegetable that grows during the springs and going into summer cherries asparagus uh, peaches you name it you know sounds delicious thank you so much for your time this afternoon i know thursdays are always busy in the hospitality world so i'll let you get back Absolutely. to your kitchen let you get back to your meetings and looking okay. forward to coming down and trying the food really ciao, ciao ciao luigi appreciate it luigi there executive chef at the wall of astoria difc oh peaches asparagus Ah, oh, hungry indeed.
You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. So every week on Farmer's Kitchen, we highlight a small business that is part of Spinney's incubator programme. They are all amazing. You can find them in store and they've been able to benefit from some really amazing experts and advice over the course of the month. And this week we are checking out Little Tots. It's baby food made from farm fresh, wholesome ingredients, none of the nasties. And I'm joined on the line by the founder, Rehab Saab. How are you, Rehab? Hello, Helen. How are you? I am well. Um, Tell us a little bit about where this idea came from, because as a parent myself, I've always felt very kind of conflicted about wanting to make, you know, smooth, you know, kind of purees and food with love, but also being a busy parent and also just grabbing a pouch. So where did this idea come from to found Little Tots? Yes, I always enjoy telling the story of Little Tots. Well, it all started when my nephew, little Adam, took his first trip to Dubai, and he was eight months old. Uh, My brother and his wife used to come frequently, but this was the first time that they had come with an infant. And, of course, they had planned their stay at a hotel to enjoy the lovely beaches and have a vacation. So, of course, as with any tourists coming to the UAE, they are here to relax and not to buy groceries and spend time washing, cutting, cooking, you know, for their child. Plus, they have no access to a proper kitchen and special utensils. That's the frustration when you travel little ones. You end up packing literally everything but the kitchen sink, or you end up bringing, I don't even know. The whole luggage. Everything. (laughs) Yeah. So being the most loving auntie that I am, I offered to lend them a hand, you know, and get them the essentials myself. Uh, so on my routine trip to uh, Spinney stores next door, I was a bit surprised, to say the least, with the food options that I saw. Um, there were beef bolognese, for example, the salmon risotto. So I was like, how can meat and fish that we grabbed from the fridge section be stored outside a cold storage mm, area? Never thought you of know? that before. Exactly. I, I, I even took a closer look. So the pouches are non-transparent, so I couldn't see what's inside. Mm-hmm. Even some fruit options look so unnatural in color. I simply couldn't get myself to buy such meats for Adam, especially that they were produced long before he was even born. So there it was. I was completely convinced that there needs to be a better sustainable solution for parents whether working parents, tourist ones, even parents having other children, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's like in a a smart world that we live in today, it's simply not acceptable that they should only have such choices when they cannot provide for healthy meals themselves, right? So... So do you, so have, do you have a background in food? I know, you, I know you're obviously... I'm a food aficionado, if you can oh. call me this. So uh, I enjoy cooking a lot. And I enjoy um, experimenting with the international cuisine. So, so yes, it's like a passion. Food is a passion for me. It's one thing, though, to have a great idea. It's another thing to turn it into a business. How did you begin to get that business plan together to actually start Little Tots? It, it just happened uh, at the time that I uh, and at the time that I discovered this gap in the market, I was sitting for my executive MBA uh, with the City University of London here at their uh, the IFC campus. 
So I decided to put forth a full study as my mastery project. I wanted to, of course, establish whether this concept would work. So I did a thorough market research, wrote down a full business plan of what it would take to have a profitable business. And the next thing I know is that my work gained the recognition from the chairman of Coca-Cola. And uh, I received an award in his and his wife's name, the Daphne and Mohtar Kent Prize in Entrepreneurship. So I, I was truly honored to receive such an award. And my friends and family started encouraging me to pursue this further, you know, turning this idea into an actual business. So here we are. Just, here we uh, are. And I saw you in the Spinney <laughs> store yesterday, saw it on the shelves. That must be hugely exciting to go from it is. You know, literally solving a problem for a member of the family and then working so hard to now being available to you know, Dubai dwellers and, and, and beyond. Can you tell us yes. a little bit about the product? Can you, I was, I was going to say, can you make us hungry? But actually... That's exactly it, because when I've, you know, I haven't bought, I haven't bought it, although I was quite tempted from my lunch yesterday. Um, everything sounds delicious. What are some of the most popular flavors and combinations? Well, thank you. What we say is we like to take the parents on a guided journey to discover worlds of taste, colors, aromas, and textures, you know. So what we have chosen for Spinney's is a variety of dishes from around the world. For example, you have the Moroccan feast. I'm a big fan of this dish myself, so I had to introduce it. Uh, you will find it has a number of veggies in it, along with the healthy grain like the chickpeas, the couscous, which parents might not be aware that it's a healthy grain that they can feed their children, and uh, and the healthy protein, of course, the grilled chicken. So, uh, along with other dishes, I don't know. I mean, I'm also a favorite of uh, healthy eating habits like uh, the tropical bonanza, you know, there's coconut milk with chia seeds and uh, quinoa, which which not only a child can eat because we want the child <laughs> to be like part breakfast. of the family, you know. <laughs> um, so we, we want the child to blend in with yes. the family, you know. So that's very very important. So we want also to encourage the mom to introduce such textures at an early age, you know, mm. and uh, it's, it's really an earning experience. Can you tell us about entering the Spinney's Incubator Programme and how did it come about and how, how has it been a real springboard for the business? Oh, wow. It's, to have our products on shelf at Spinney's is, is so surreal. It's, it's a real win for all stakeholders, to be honest, be it the parents, our business, and even the communities around us. So uh, Little Thoughts and Finney's share common values. You know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we are here to promote a healthy lifestyle rather than just selling a product. So um, being in Dubai is the right place to do things differently, to disrupt the status quo with improved choices. And what Finney's has uh, given us this great opportunity to showcase our product for the first time ever in a fridge section. This is this is really disruptive, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and we are really appreciative of uh, everything that they've been extending to uh, to us. So uh, we've uh, learned a lot of how to get into 
so so we 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 um we are sending direct to consumers so now we are working with a business mm-hmm. so it's it's a real uh, different you know uh, game here so we are, they are guiding us through every step of the way and it's it's again uh, something we're providing we, we kept to our mission is to provide parents with a sustainable solution to buy quality meals uh, that are that is as close as it can get to home cooked ones. Expose their children to a variety of ingredients, and conveniently, you know, pick them up from the fridge section. Yeah, that grab and go. Um, a number of messages for you, Rehab. I hope you don't mind. We're going to spring yes. them on you. Um, Shelley wants to know what is the packaging like, and can you microwave them? Yes, of course. It's actually we actually innovate across the whole value chain and. The packaging itself is environmental friendly. It's 100% recyclable. It's uh, number five PP plastic containers that can be safely put in the microwave, stored in the fridge or freezer, and washed in the dishwasher. And as well, it's super safe around kids, so they can carry mm-hmm. it on their own. And uh, and there's a sleek spoon that is integrated into the lid, which makes it more convenient, you know, for just grabbing this uh, uh, meal from uh, from a skinny shelf and eating it right away. You don't need to do anything other than <laughs> just open the lid and uh, remove the spoon and just feed your child directly. And Philip is asking, and Philip, I know where you're coming from with the unhealthy snacks because my kids, especially when they were distance learning, just constantly asking for snacks. Any ideas for yeah. healthy snacks? Do you have any snacks in the range? Um, and what are some of the kind of flavour combinations that you think work really well? Of course. So as you know, all our food is free from any preservative, any salt, any sugar which makes it difficult to get uh, a good taste out of it. But believe it or not, our uh, we have a line of treats that actually taste good without the, the sugar or without the salt. So um, our there's, let's say, for example, it's all in the pudding. It's, uh, it's a rice pudding with milk and uh, date paste, which is really, really satisfying. So this is uh, super healthy for uh, for a child starting at the age of eight months. And uh, we have uh, apple crumble. But I believe this choice oh. is not available. No, <laughs> it's my favorite, one of my so, favorites. <laughs> yeah, it's hopefully we would introduce it soon. But it's actually also very popular. And, uh, you know, uh, we have uh, a lot of things coming up. We have great balls that are super healthy. And um, so we try to give a mix of spoon-fed meals and uh, bite meals so that the the child can learn to also pick up uh, the food themselves and, and, uh, you know, uh, experiment with their sensory skills. Can I ask what's what's next for you in terms of expansion? What have you got your eye on next, Rehab? We certainly do have plans to expand. Uh, our concept is being piloted here in the UAE, but we are aiming to expand further to next-door Gulf countries soon. But once the businesses resume as usual after the post-COVID, of course, so so there is a lineup of expansion plans in place. Well, watch this space indeed. In the meantime, where can people find you on social media? I know they can find you on the shelves in Spinney's, but if they want to check out some of the sure. offering online, what's the best way? Sure. 
Well, what uh, what also uh, we uh, have uh, two services. So another service is uh, they can order directly through our e-commerce website, uh, liltots.me, so littletots.me, and they have varied uh, meal plan choices there. So if they want to go for just the veggie-based meals, they opt for the veggie plan. If they want the balanced meal plan with the fish, meat, and chicken, they go for the, that one. And if they are just uh, want to have a taste, they go for the, traveler, the traveler's bundle, uh, especially for those having some allergy problems and they want to select their own, uh, you know, con- dishes. So, so we have this flex- flexibility. So again, um, we are also on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, L I L T O T S M E, Little Tots M E, and we we do hope that you follow our journey and see what we have in store for you. Thank you so, so much. Great to hear. Brilliant idea reaching the shelves. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. To talk food and family, delighted to be joined by one of my favourite bloggers. It's Jerry Wilmot of My Wild Tribe. She describes herself as a stay-at-beach mum. Mum of three, and a quick look at her Instagram will make you fall in love with her style, interiors, food picnics on the beach and uh, some very gorgeous fashions as well jerry you're all about kind of keeping it real with your three kids and juggling all that life throws at you i see you on a quite a regular basis at pirates and you always have the most kind of gorgeous setups just down at the beach kids running around and picnics it sounds like you love a picnic we love picnics yes but we haven't done that for quite a while now (laughs) It's um. I think for for me, what I find so kind of wonderful and, and whimsical about what you do is it's all just it all feels so natural, you know, bringing together food and your interior love and being open and honest about family life as well. Why and when did you start um kind of charting your family's journeys and adventures on social media? When um, Naya was born, I think she was like. Two months old, yeah, I just started um, sharing um, on social media. Actually, when, oh yeah, I remember now. It was when um, one of the brands, like Napi brand, am I allowed to say the brand? Of course. <laughs> yeah. It was when um, Pureborn just, you know, we tagged, like, um, we shared our story that night she's, when she was wearing um, Napi. And that's just how it started. They just, this brand just started um Brands just started um, um, messaging us, I think because they see, like, you know, the age gap of my kids. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they can see it, it will be chaos. <laughs> Your life is just like this kind of joyful adventure, you know, going around parks, going to the beach. And that, obviously this is what we see on Instagram. We, we know that there's other, th- other things that go on behind the scenes. But I do want to talk to you about food because... I get major snack envy of your children, major snack envy. (laughs) And we've just had pancake day. Can you tell us about some of your kids' favorite things to eat? Um, Believe it or not, we have pancakes almost every day. Do you? Um, Yeah, it's always like like in um, our breakfast um, platters. But, you know, I don't want to use like just um, like the normal um flour every day so or else we're gonna be like size of a house all of us 
But yeah, I just try to use like um, healthy ingredients, um, gluten free on all that sort of um, healthy options with uh, our pancakes uh, most of the time. So yeah. And, but you also add a lot of colour and creativity. And we know yeah. that everybody eats with their eyes first and especially kids. Why do you think that's important? And can you share some tips? Um, I, um, I think, you know, I'm quite lucky with my kids. Actually, whatever, like I just, just feed them, they would just eat it. Oh, <laughs> like, Jerry, um, I'm so Yeah, I'm just, I'm just quite lucky. Well, I guess it's because like, you know, I started them really early. Like they eat um, like on the table with us all the time. I think the only tip that I can give like everyone, because I know I've been asked um, you know, a lot on social media, like how did I get my kids eat like, like that, like their fruits and vegetables. I think it's because well, like, you know, I started them early, like as early as like as five months, like healthy food, like veggies and, and fruits. And even when they were not ready for solids as well, they sit on the dining table with us. That's why they know like the rules of dining at an early age. There's a lot to be said for, you know, making a smoothie, making it fun. You do quite a lot of smoothie bowls and things as well. Yes, right? what, yes, they do. Um, what goes in them? Most like it's usually like a base of frozen um, banana, and I just add like different um, ingredients in it, like frozen kale. Have you frozen, frozen kale? kale? No, yeah. never. Yeah, I freeze like when they were younger, they would just eat kale or spinach by by itself. But as they grow older, they don't like the look of it. Mm -hmm. So try to just mix them. So I just freeze kale, um, spinach and even avocado. Like this morning they had um, like smoothie with frozen banana, frozen avocado, baby spinach and what else? And um peanut butter and they loved it okay i'm trying that with mine for sure um for some, for some things you always have in your cupboard and i want to come back to the colorful pancakes because that's i think that's why a lot of people kind of have fallen in love with your feed it's this kind of just it's just pancakes. yeah colorful how pancakes. do you make pancakes colorful while not kind of necessarily throwing all the food colorings at them i have um like the healthy superfood um um like color is like green spirulina i have the butterfly butterfly pea flower mm. i don't know are you familiar with those no never heard of it ha- they're always in my cupboard yes what else do i have like pink pitaya I always have those in my cupboard. You're uh, you're from the Philippines, Jerry, and your husband's. Yes. Where's your is your husband from? Um, from He's the, British. From the UK. From so how yes. how do you bring together those two cuisines, and what how how have you kind of mingled them really, and, and put your own stamp on what you're feeding the family? Actually, we don't um, make a lot of British like 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 you know his food. I call it his food. <laughs> um, he eats Filipino food. He eats like usually like you know for for. Um, lunch or dinner we make a lot of um, Filipino food and he just eats it and he makes fun of me because um, I don't actually know how to make sandwiches can you believe that I don't know like I I don't know like (laughs) like my kids doesn't know how to eat sandwich like they would eat sandwich um, one like like you know one part at a time they would Mm -hmm. eat the top bit and then the middle bit and the bottom bit (laughs) they just love their rice you do yeah. wraps though, right? Yeah, for my husband and I tried wraps with them with the kids, but um, they used to do, they used they do the same as well. Like they pick the pieces, yeah, they open it up and then they just eat the bread first and then they eat the middle bit. <laughs> That's how they eat their wraps and sandwiches. And no, it's like I have to teach them how to. Eat. It's so easy to make those things, you know. So I just need to teach them to make uh, to eat those. 
Jenny, if anyone's having a picnic over the weekend, can you give us some ideas of things that the whole family could enjoy that are easy to either grab off the shelves or put together at home? I would say sandwich. (laughs) 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 Yeah, what else um, do we bring? Um, What else do we bring? Like fruit, a lot of fruits. You order food to the beach as well, which I love. Yes, I do. I order... We order and, you know, the occasional, um, every time we go um, to Pirates, like in the morning now, we, we do drive through as well. It's just Good. so easy nowadays. Why not? Yeah, it's just like the occasional drive through. It's just, you know, sometimes it's good for my mental. Like, I don't have to wake up that early to prepare food for them on Fridays. Mm-hmm. So we kind of, um, I kind of like, um, like started that now. Well, why and not make yeah, life easy for yeah, I, I started. we started ordering as well at the beach, and, but mostly like Filipino food. Yeah. They, or, they, they deliver there. I know. I walked past you a few weeks ago and had a very nice little kind oh, of yeah. snack on the way. Cherry, I really think for anyone who wants to see a different side to Dubai and you take the kids hiking, you love where you live. And I think just living in perhaps a somewhat, something of a different way here in Dubai, it's so natural and easy and everyone who meets you completely falls in love with you so thank you so much for sharing a little insight into what you're all about especially on the food front um as i said you can be found on instagram would you mind just telling us your handle so everyone can check you out um, my handle is my dot wild tribe jerry wilmot also known as my wild tribe on instagram do check her out prepare to have some life envy some great recipe inspirations for you and the kids this weekend You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Don't forget, you can tune in live to Farmer's Kitchen every single Thursday afternoon on Dubai Eye 103.8 between 2 and 5 p.m.